Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, how you doing, brother? All right, sweating bulls here in Jersey. How about yourself? Same thing. It's hot. We got fires left and right out here, so uh, it's oh, that's right. a little, little touch and go. I actually showed my dad the the fire the picture of the fire you sent me from that big one and uh i mean that's that's some that's some that's some like uh end of the world shit going on over there yeah i mean luckily for me i'm i'm safe but uh i definitely know people and and uh where i work is uh is definitely getting closer and closer to to danger zone but um for the most part everybody would be pretty safe and and uh we're pretty prepared for it out here we're used to it after year after year of uh of fires i feel like i'd prefer that to the snow we get anyway but um so you had a better weekend than i did uh with ufc 227 you were there for the press conference you were there for the fights so uh i gotta i gotta ask your opinion on the that, that press conference on friday you made it there you said right yeah i grinded it out it took me about five and a half hour round trip for a uh hour and 15 minute weigh in and, and press conference but uh it was fun it was kind of an intimate location i had a decent seat in the place so it was cool it was kind of hoping connor and khabib would be there to kind of uh interject a little bit of energy uh into everything but with uh nate diaz showing up late and kind of got the crowd going it was uh it was fun it was cool it was cool to see all that much talent there so what was the energy like though like because uh, you know me watching i watched it after the fact and um the uh, actually, I mean, I I liked a lot of the fights that were announced, but the way they threw in the Khabib and Connor at the end, I feel like overshadowed everything, and kind of like, you know, outside of Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier, nobody really paid much mind to anything else. Like, what was the vibe for you at when when you heard that announcement being there? Well, the crowd was pretty much into it from the start. I think pretty much everybody expected Khabib and uh, and Connor to be announced. Um, I think even John Morgan might have had the very first question, and he actually asked if there was going to be a video montage come on at the very end that was going to act as a surprise to everybody. So I think everybody kind of expected that. Um, as it went on, you know, people started to wonder. It, it was it was cool. Uh, my biggest issue was actually the MMA media, and I, I know we're kind of fringe that, um, but the people that are actually credentialed for UFC events, you know, they were they didn't they weren't really prepared, in my opinion. Um, like I said, the press conference itself only lasted about 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, you know? skinny, skinny Jim seemed to be the only one that uh, – Jim Edwards from uh, MMA Knit. He seemed to be – the him and John Morgan were the only ones that seemed prepared to, to be there. Um, and then there was some other guy. But, yeah, no, I agree with you there. I mean, uh, uh, they, they, they asked awesome questions, I thought, about everything. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, people tried to say that it was like a – one of those pay-per-views that w- wasn't going to do well. I don't know what the numbers did, um, but uh, you were there. How, what was the vibe like uh, fight night? Like how was the energy on uh, on Saturday? Well, yeah. So the press conference Friday and then, the you know, they had the ceremonial weigh-ins. Um, and then I headed back down on, on Saturday uh, around noontime to get down there for the fights. Uh, it was it was good. Um you know, it wasn't the most loaded card. We talked about that before, where it was kind of a top-heavy card. Night started off well. Uh, Marlon Vera 
uh, got a TKO win with a body shot. Um, and, uh, I believe Alex Perez, I'm just kind of throwing everything off the top of my head, but he, uh, he finished off, uh, Shorty Torres, uh, I actually, I actually did catch that one. Yeah, man, that was that was hard to watch because I, uh, I, I uh, had drinks with. Well, I was drinking. He was talking. I met uh, Jose Shorty Torres at that Fight Pass party for UFC 200 out in Vegas, and he's a, that's that's a great. I mean, uh, he's a great fighter. He's really smart and intelligent. He's good. He's professional. Uh, so it was hard for me to watch, but apparently uh, he likes to start slow. And Daniel Cormier was commenting. I don't know if you you heard any of that, but he said. Um, you know, to be a slow starter at at that level uh, is something you need to get rid of, and uh, I guess that showed it in in uh, in that second fight. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was just Perez came out and and I mean, put on a performance. You know, when somebody comes out fighting that well, um, it, you know, you're gonna you're gonna run into that at the UFC level, especially when you're on the undercard prelims and you're running into guys who are up and coming, and you know, you never know who you're gonna run into. The, the, mm. the guy on the fight press prelim might be the world champion you know, two years, three years down the line. So I don't know if that's where Perez's career is headed, but, uh, you know, he put up a, a great show against a, a guy who's hold, held a lot of championships and other organizations. And I, I think he was on some kind of winning streak that was, I thought I heard him mention something about 36 or 34 fights. I think it probably goes back to his amateur career. Um, but, uh, you know, I saw his post on Instagram and he took the loss well and real, just realizes that, you know, things like that happen. And if you run into, like I said, if you, 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 play this game long enough you lose you know yeah so i think he'll be back you know uh, most of these guys um after a loss either you know rebound and, and become stronger and you know, the other ones will fade away but i don't think he's mentally weak in any in any way so i think he'll be fine um but yeah i mean after that it kind of slowed down a little bit for the the fx prelims you know the pedro muñoz john uh brett john's fight uh finished those off and that was a really that was a slug fest and back and forth battle and john's showed a lot of heart um he got beat up pretty damn good but uh i actually still need to see that one uh i have it queued up actually on my dvr um but uh yeah i i I heard and saw photos i I saw i heard that was a a slug fest yeah that was one of the fights of the night uh for sure i don't remember i don't know exactly i think it might have actually got the fight of the night i didn't see the the post uh fight Oh, uh, I, I think uh, Cejudo and Johnson got that. They both okay. They they gave it to that. Yeah. Okay, then maybe they, yeah. And then I think they gave Perez. Did they give Perez and Dillashaw the the performance of the night or something like that. But but anyways, um, yeah. So the main card, uh, uh, Kevin Holland, Tiago Santos kicked it off, and it was kind of what you expected. Uh, Santos dominated the fight, but Holland Holland showed a lot. Um, yeah. I actually, I actually ran into him outside of the uh, press conference in the weigh-ins the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was cool. He was taking pictures with all the fans and, uh, I was shocked at how small he was. Um, and then I noticed that I think he weighed in at, uh, he weighed in at like, I mean, he weighed in at weight, but I think his fight weight was only like 193. Hmm. So, he, um, whereas Santos was like 213 or something like that, you know, Santos yeah. 25, 30 pounds, almost more. And so I think Holland probably, you know, depending on how his weight cut is and where he's at, he looked a lot more like a 170 or to me. Um, well, I mean, he did take the fight on two weeks notice, but uh, for somebody coming in on two weeks notice, I mean, he won a lot of fans that night. I actually didn't like him either. Um, I don't know if you you read the uh, I wrote an article for my MMA news about it because, uh, you know, Dana White wasn't a fan of him when he fought on the contender series because of him talking during the fight and he did it when he fought Tiago Santos, but 
like you said, man, like he almost got that arm bar early in, when that, in the first round, and then he did that uh, Kimura trap reversal to, at, at the close of round two. I mean, he did a lot of really cool things. For somebody that lost a fight, uh, a lot of people were impressed with him. And Dana White said it in the post-fight presser. I was tweeting about him on Twitter, and even uh, uh, Elias Theodoro uh, said this kind of said the same thing like you know this guy lost but he like in a weird way he won and um uh, dana white even said they're going to try to help like you know uh fine-tune him even though he lost the contender series obviously they're going to call him back for another fight yeah that's kind of the 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 way i saw it too and what i've been seeing on social media so it was uh like i said he, he got beat up pretty good um lost every round but he was he was game and and like you said took the fight on late notice and he was undersized. Like I said, I don't, you know, I don't know if he's a, a true middleweight, um, but he, he definitely looked like a talented fighter who, who could make some waves down the line. Oh yeah. Yeah. He definitely had, a, he had some nice uh, tricks up his sleeve um, transitions. He did off his back in that first round. And then again, that, that, uh, that reversal that he, even though he, he closed around on top, you could tell the short notice was definitely, he, I think he said, uh, in a, in between rounds to one of the referees, he said, I don't think I can see or something like that. And he still stood up and finished the fight. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's definitely stuff. I, uh, Dana White admitted he likes seeing the short notice and just going all out. And, and obviously people are still talking about that fight. He mentioned it again on the contender series, actually, if you watch on Tuesday. Yeah, I did. I caught, I, I overheard him mention throughout his name. So yeah, yeah no, it, it was, it was a, it was a good fight. It, you know, I was, you know, in the crowd, you're always pulling for finishes and stuff, but that that one turned out to be a good, um, you know, unanimous decision for Santos. You know that you asked earlier about the kind of the atmosphere there and the crowd. Uh, you know, in a Vegas arena, the the crowd usually doesn't fill in until the main card. Uh-huh. Uh, that was kind of the same same situation here. Um, there was a lot of traffic around the Staples Center. Um, there was a Nike three on three basketball tournament going on, uh-huh. so there was probably another. 25,000 people just kind of outside and, and all around the arena. So I think that might have, uh, you know, plus LA is a, a late arriving city in general for all their sports. But um, by the time the main card kicked off, the, it, it was a sellout. I mean, there was, it's it, Staples Center is a big arena and there really, and there wasn't an empty seat. So crowd really kind of got into it, um, you know, especially right into the, the Santos fight. And then, you know, they hit a slowdown. Um, the ladies were next with JJ Aldrich and Pollyanna Vieira. Um, that was actually a really disappointing fight. I think the crowd uh, kind of fell asleep a little bit during that one. And um, I, I think that's one where you kind of saw why they were initially prelim fighters. And, you know, JJ showed, you know, that she's, she's a good fighter. Um, not does not take anything away from either one of them, but I just don't think they're pay-per-view level uh, fighters at this point in their career. No, I think that was a last minute shuffle anyway, given all everything that happened with uh, the fights that they lost for that event. But um, the uh, the other thing was the uh, I wanted to ask you as far as the consensus because uh, I mean the the fight was great it was a split decision but with the co-main event with Cejudo and Johnson like uh what it what was the the consensus in the arena of, of folks watching like or at least the people you were with like what did you think did you think uh, who did you think won that fight it seemed like it could have gone either way well it, yeah it could have the the thing leading up to that fight actually was the fight before I don't mean to jump back a second uh-huh. but um but the arena like when cub swanson came out him being from southern california the arena mm. just lit up um now things didn't work out and moicano uh finished him with a with a uh, rear naked choke in the first round uh but 
that that after the the female fight and and a run of decisions um going into that fight there were six decisions in a row so you had swanson come out i mean the crowd just woke up i even posted that on the mma community.com that it was kind of a a shot of adrenaline um the crowd i mean exploded for him uh cubs obviously a famous fighter yeah but you don't put him on the level of guys like, you know, Chuck Liddell and stuff like that. But when he came out, the crowd was electric. Um, like I said, it didn't work out for him, but that was really what was needed to set up for the, the big two title fights. Um, so when the, when the Johnson and, and say, who fight kicked off, um, I, the crowd was awake live, you know, people were chatting, um, you know, mighty mouse, uh, got a good, good reception from the crowd say how say who was a little bit less but uh you know watching the fight uh, i i think i spoke about uh in the last show about how you know i attend so many shows and i've seen so many fighters this was actually the first time i'd ever seen mighty mouse or say who fight live which is kind of i mean having been to 47 events you would have thought that eventually i would have ended up catching one of them so that was kind of a treat and um but I also spoke last time about how you want to see history. So for me, when the first round, you know, when we cleared the three-minute mark and Sehudo had already went beyond what he had done in the first fight, he, it looked like he had a smart game plan going. He was trying a couple takedowns here and there. I think he even secured one in round one mm-hmm. um, at the very end. Um, you kind of picked up the, the emotion from the crowd was kind of like, okay, this now we're in for one. You know, this could be something that people are going to talk about. This is not going to be a typical Mighty Mouse fight where he just dominates. And, you know, the, the dominated fights, you kind of forget about the next day. You know, it's the back and forth wars or the, the upsets that, you know, people remember forever. So, you know, as the rounds went on, you know, after the second round, I posted on the forum that I had to ask some people how they were scoring it because it was really close. You know, they were close rounds. And um, I found myself uh pulling for uh pulling for henry you know for that for that upset and kind of historical moment scenario unfolding and uh most people had it like one one going into the third um and then if i recall i believe henry won the i thought he won the third fourth was really close uh but i think uh i think mighty mouse might have pulled the fourth out and then and then the fifth round was close so it was close i i think most of the crowd you know, I didn't think Mighty Mouse won the fight, mm. you know, kind of watching it from a, a full fight pride scoring perspective from the crowd. Because when you're there live, you kind of get into the emotion of stuff and you kind of lose track of of the rounds if you're not actually doing round by round scoring. But it just seemed to me that Sayhudo won the fight um, or, or I should say Mighty Mouse didn't. It was just kind of one of those things where it was so close, but you felt like the takedowns, the crowd, like I said, got into it about midway through the fight, realizing that the upset was there. And I think by the end of the fifth round, uh, you know, I would say my estimation, 75, 80% of the crowd um, was uh, uh, in the opinion that Sehudo had won the fight. And um, I don't think they even reacted very well when, when the, it was announced as a split decision and one of the judges had given it to, to Demetrius. So, you know, from my perspective, the right guy won the fight. I've seen a little bit of mixed reactions. I haven't seen the, uh, you know, usually I'll see a, a media scorecard where it'll have all the, the, the media outlets and the, and their scoring. But um, I felt like the, at least two of the three judges got it right. I, th- I think it was three rounds to two and, you know, it was, it was pretty cool to see a new champion get crowned and um, you know, kind of a shakeup in a division that for me was a little bit stale. Yeah, I mean, I, I I liked I liked having Mighty Mouse dominate his division, but the fight was good enough. Like, I I knew 
things were going Cejudo's way when he did that takedown, and then he uh, he he just kind of did a, a mount and uh, held on to him. He even Mighty Mouse said he he didn't really try to advance his position. He kind of just held him and, and held on to him really strong just to stay there. And um, uh, another issue was like the way uh, leg kicks were scored because I think if you look at the stats, the 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 significant strikes land landed were in in uh, Johnson's favor or at least uh, the leg kicks were like he, I forget what the number was. I, I, I should have wrote it down when I was made my notes, but anyway, so like that, that's one of the arguments that people were trying to make for, in favor of uh, mighty mouse. But the thing is like with, I, I find with a lot of MMA judges, they don't count the, they were they're not going to count strikes. If you take someone down, like for them to see someone on top of someone, especially like for an extended period of time or at the end of a round, they tend to favor that person on top. And, um, you know, a lot of these judges aren't, it's not like they're former fighters. They're like boxing judges that, that are, are scoring, you know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not very well versed in it. So either way, I think, uh, I think they definitely need to run it back. Obviously mighty mouse said he's got a broken foot and, uh, some, some ligament damage in his right leg. Um, so we won't see a rematch soon. And Cejudo's calling called out, the uh, winner of the main event, whoever won it before, you know, obviously because their fight was first, so he didn't know who was going to win. But I don't know, man. I mean, I I would definitely want to see Cejudo Johnson three before I see him take on any other uh, another champ versus champ in the uh, in the little guy division. Yeah, well, I mean, if if Johnson's hurt and out for you know time, and and Cejudo didn't didn't get injured in the fight, and he wants to keep competing, I'm I'm all for him fighting again, whether it's a, a Sergio Pettis or you know, Benavides, I, I'd have to look at the rankings to, to think exactly who it would be. I don't, I don't think that a fight with him and uh, as it turns out in the main event, TJ Dillashaw wins, but um, I don't think a fight with between those two really sells. Like I think the UFC expected mighty mouse and, and wanted TJ to win. And I mm. think that was, I think I really deep down think that that was supposed to be the main event for New York. Yeah. Um, when, when Dana was asked at the press conference, he said that he was waiting for a fight to slide into that spot. And I kind of took that as, okay, we got to see what happens tomorrow night. Hmm. Um, so I, I think that that was the plan. Um, I, I, I think mighty mouse was going to call out TJ and I think that was going to be the main event. That's why I don't think we've seen a, or we haven't seen anything announced yet. I think they were kind of thrown off by what they're going to do now. Um, I don't think Sehudo and TJ is a big enough fight to headline uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, although it would be a good fight, I, I just it's just not one that I, I think the UFC will do. I don't think they'll. they'll uh, my, I don't know if it has anything to do with the legal stuff that happened in New York between Habib and, and Connor, but to me, I find it really weird that they're not the uh, that they're at the event the month before. They come to Madison Square Garden and they haven't called the main event yet. It's like, are you waiting for something to go wrong to slide a guy to the next month? Like, it's just weird to me that we're, we're I mean, we're in August now. That's October and November we're looking at for two, 229, 230 with uh, uh, Diaz, Poirier, and then, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Khabib and Connor and Diaz. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like... Why haven't you? I feel like they're going to shuffle something. So I feel like something's going to happen. Something's going to get shuffled around. Well, the tickets go on sale next week for the event in Vegas on October sixth. Yeah, and the- and we've seen the card get announced so far. The co-main event is uh, Volkov against Lewis. the The price of those tickets is going to be ast- is going to be high. I don't know if it'll be astronomical. I don't know with the market right now for UFC, but there's going you know to get in the door is going to be a couple hundred bucks for that event. I don't think 
that they're going to be able to sell, you know, thousand fifteen hundred dollar tickets for that sh- for that show and then and then move that fight because there's not another fight that they can put in to replace that. That would be a real and plus now that it's announced the main event, the the fans would probably bail on that. Um, my theory, and I've been telling people for the last couple months uh, since Connor's issues, or well, since this fight became heavily rumored between him and Khabib, is that the UFC is going to do it in Nevada because they run Nevada. They don't control what can happen in New York. If yeah. if, if Khabib misses weight, if uh, Connor gets arrested the night before the show in Nevada, <laughs> yeah. Dana, they they can they can str- I I feel like they can kind of strong arm Nevada to go. No, the fight's still happening. Uh, Connor's not going to jail for the night of the, you know what I mean? They, yeah. they, they, they run the town there. There's, yeah. you know, and, 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 and whereas in New York, I don't, I think that New York will just tell him to go jump in a lake, especially if they hold any kind of grudge against uh, Connor, you know, if, if something were to happen that, you know, plus with the issues of fights getting canceled in New York, I don't think that they want to even risk, you know, if could be misses weight by three pounds, even if it becomes a non-title fight, that fight's got to go down. At this point, you can't mm. have New York step in and 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 say no. He's he's you know one fifty eight. We're not going to allow the fight to happen. And I what think about that- what about uh? I mean, doesn't I? I might be wrong. You probably remember better than I do. But doesn't Khabib have a track record of having like weight cutting issues when they do stuff in Vegas? Like, doesn't he? He, do that? he did. He had one when he fought. Uh, when he was supposed to fight Ferguson, like the third time. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's had he's had his his issues. Yeah, it hasn't been an issue the last couple of fights. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I, I think it matters where he fights with those issues because I, I I feel like more of them were in on your coast versus mine. I I, I don't know if it's because well, we're yeah. colder and he likes the cold and his and his Dagestani. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, I don't he, know. Had, he had a couple of them were injuries. Though he had to pull out pull out from uh, I think the first Tony fight for a fight that was scheduled. Um, it was either it was somewhere in Florida. I want to say Orlando. Uh, okay. Fight night, so he, that's when he uh, blew out his knee the first time. So I don't, I, I think he's maybe had issues with weight once or twice. I, 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 you know, obviously that fight with Tony got canceled so many times, back and forth. You kind of forget who was responsible or, yeah. or who, who was the issue. But, um, you know, I, I you got to believe with the money involved in this fight that Khabib is going to be determined to make weight. Um, he, he can't afford to have the fight fall through. If the fight falls through and he gets pulled and they you know, move somebody into that spot if, if, you know, and, and he loses out on that payday, it would be a catastrophe for him. You know, if he's, you know, rumor is he's looking at somewhere probably around $10 million. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think, I don't think that'll be an issue. I just think that the UFC kind of can, can control Nevada. They can get Connor and Khabib there a few days earlier and know that they're in their town and, you know, uh, I don't want to say protect them, but they kind of can from maybe some of the stuff that, that New York would, uh, wouldn't be so lenient with. So I don't know. Um, the card for New York seems loaded right now. We got all the middleweights. They announced the Poirier DS fight. Although neither guy, I don't, I don't even know if the fights actually signed yet. Um, but I, that seems to be happening. I don't know what they're going to do for the main event that, um, I know Anderson Silva comes off of his suspension the following week. Um, cause I was always thinking maybe GSP Anderson Silva would be a fight, even though not a non-title fight would be a fight that could sell. And would yeah. be one that, that people would watch. Um, and then, like I said, I thought it was supposed to be Mighty Mouse and 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 TJ. Um, you know, so that you know, I don't know. I I, I don't. 
they already have a co-main event, so I don't think they're going to do two title fights. You know, I thought maybe at this point you could do Marias and uh, and TJ and and maybe Cejudo and and somebody or throw Rose in there against somebody and do a double title fight to kind of you know just make it a real deep card as supposed to uh, as opposed to just a a huge huge fight, but. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because that's going to have to come out in the next, I'd say, two weeks or so because those tickets are going to go on sale uh, probably in the, in in the next, I would guess, three to four weeks. By by the end of August, I'd expect those tickets to be going, and they have to announce the main event to really to sell the event. What do you think about? Uh, I mean, obviously, we kind of we kind of jumped ahead, but without talking about um, uh, the main event from two two seven, the uh, uh, Garbrandt and Dillashaw. I mean, we both we both had Dillashaw pick to win, but um, I mean, uh, do do you think it's worth? Do you think do you think you do you think we see Cejudo Dillashaw before we see Cejudo Johnson three? No, no, no. So no, I don't think so. So you know, we get into that fight. Um, crowd again was energetic. We just had the upset of Cejudo uh, over over Mighty Mouse. Um, crowd was heavily Garbrandt. Um, there was TJ fans, you know, I was one of the, probably the louder TJ fans there. I was, I was pretty fired up at that point and uh, looking forward to the fight. Uh, I, I mentioned, I think I thought it might come out a little slow. Guys, my guys might be gun shy because they each hurt each other. That was kind of how it went for about the first 90 seconds of the fight. They kind of danced around not a lot of action. And then, um, and then Cody hurt, hurt TJ with a punch. And similar to the first fight, uh, Cody just kind of, goes for it he goes for the kill but he opens himself up and and tj countered and 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 dropped him and and from that point on pretty much just beat him to beat him down and yeah. until the ref had to stop it uh towards the end of the first round yeah and i think that that closes the whole uh dillashaw and garbrandt rivalry i mean that's that's two out of three already that's vi- like video game rules you're done like move on yeah I, I mean it's it was it was a fight that was kind of you know obviously fun to see and two guys who were going to bring it to the cage but it just seems stupid to me to have these instant rematches. Um, I think it ruins guys' careers when the guy loses two run two in a row when you're so young and and you're in a division where you know I don't know Cody's not big enough I don't think to go up to one eight uh, one fifty five. Um, I don't think he'd be very competitive in, in that against some of the you know there be, might be some good fights but I mean he basically needs TJ to lose now. Um, Either that or he has to win about eight fights in a row because he's going to find himself where there's just all the other guys are going to be coming up and they're not going to give him a third fight after getting knocked out, you know, twice. Um, the situation might be a little different for Mighty Mouse, uh, but not necessarily. I mean, I guess he could go up and wait, but if he were to fight Henry again and let's say he loses again, um, where does that leave Mighty Mouse? I mean, to me, I, I don't, you know, I, I realize that the UFC has made the championship belts kind of the the main thing, even though they have their interims and, and, and stuff, they become so focused and they yeah. get so much, they get so much more in Reebok money and they get pay-per-view uh, revenue um, that the guys have to call for that instant re- rematch. Um, you know, in a, in a perfect world, I'd like to see Cejudo defend against one or two other guys, have mighty mouse go beat a couple guys, maybe go up to one thirty-five, have a rematch with, with Cruz, try to get a win there, just kind of reestablish, and then, and then, and then get that title shot again after kind of, you know, getting a couple more wins and getting the crowd back behind you and, 
you know, it's different because he defended so many times, but you know, a guy like Cody Garbrandt, I don't know where his career goes from here. I mean, I'm hearing people call for the, you know, like to see him fight like John Lineker and stuff like that. I mean, that would be a great fight, but that could be three knockouts in a row potentially for Cody. And then at that point, you know, you have a guy who's, you know, I, I'd have to think about his exact age, but I think he's in his late twenties. He, uh, you all of a sudden would have a guy whose career is basically, you know, I don't want to say over, but pretty damn close. If you suffer three knockout losses in a row yeah. to the champ. I don't think you know. so. I mean, when you're that young and, and that driven, I mean, we can, considering where he trains and stuff, I don't, th- I don't think that's a, that should be an issue for him, especially, I mean, if, if, if he's having mobility issues because of what happened with his back, like, like, uh, or hesitancy or something like that, um, I, I would think they have something at the UFC Performance Institute to rectify whatever whatever's making him uh, as hesitant as he seemed, you know, with his fights or, or working on his angles. I mean, he's young enough to – everybody's changing camps now to, to open up their games and stuff. I mean, look at Mike Perry and, and Cowboy Cerrone. You know, they used to train together. Now they're fighting each other, and, and Perry's training between uh, Jackson Wink and his and still with his camp in Florida. So – I think that, that that he's his career is he's he's got some time left to to make some changes and do some things to to you know keep him keep him in the, uh, his name popular. Yeah, well, he's a popular fighter, and yeah. he, he has, you know I'm I'm saying if he loses his his next fight, I, there's not many guys who bounce back from three knockouts in a row. So right now he's at two. Um, I wouldn't put him in there with a big puncher. I I think uh, a Sun Sal or somebody who who might test other you know. Or a, a, another fight with uh, with Cruz, uh, kind of number one, you know, not a number one contender fight because Cody's got to fall behind us on Sal and um, at least uh, Marlon Marias at this point. Um, Cruz coming off a loss to Garbrandt. I don't, you know, it'd be fun to play matchmaker. That division's really, really kind of stacked towards the top, and there's a lot yeah. of good potential matchups. But uh, yeah. you know, I think TJ really established himself as as one of the great. Uh, you know, featherweights of all time. Um, it's fun to watch and, you know, kind of came out of nowhere out of the ultimate fighter show. I mean, he's a guy who got that, that chance against Burrell at uh, UFC 170 as a late last minute, you know, replacement fight and really hasn't looked back since then. Yeah. You know, a lot of people thought that he won the cruise fight. Um, it was a close decision, but I mean, he, you know, the guy has established himself as a killer. Who's fun to watch, finishes fights and, uh, you know, he's kind of one of those guys where you either love him or hate him, you know, and he, he attracts eyeballs. So I yeah. don't know how the, I don't know how the views did, but, um, you know, with that fight, the, the event wrapped up really good. Turned out, you know, kind of turned out to be a WEC card with only, you know, one, eight, one, one eighty five pound light, fight. light dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of how it turned out. And, and, you know, there was, there was a run of decisions in the middle, but for the most part, the card, uh, the card was fun. And, um, you know, walking out of the event, there wasn't, everybody was, you know, other than the, the Cody fans who were, who, you know, but I don't think anybody felt like they didn't get their money's worth. I know me and my group of friends all walked out of there with a big smiles on our face. And, you know, we were, we had a great time. So I, it was a successful event. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it definitely was, uh, better than, than folks were trying to kind of knock the card before the, it's, it started. Um, but, uh, either way, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I caught the main, main card. I watched all those fights. I caught the other fights, uh, you know, after the fact because I had recorded them, and um, I was pleased with it. Or I mean, I think it was pretty decent overall. But obviously, uh, there's no, there's nothing going on this week, uh, this weekend coming up. But news, uh, news with Bellator's welterweight Grand Prix 
I mean, um, there's some names in that thing that I, I honestly don't know. Like the way we looked at the heavyweight uh, tournament, I honestly don't know like how to how to call this one because there's so many there's so many good uh, welterweights in the tournament. Um, I don't know. I don't know who do you lo- who do you like off the bat. Well, real quick, there is it, although it's one of their weaker cards uh, name wise, there is it is Risen Weekend. So anybody on Fight TV, uh, Risen is on uh, Saturday night at eleven o'clock Pacific time. What is that? I don't know what Fight TV is. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we, might have, I, we might have to go break some legs for that eight yeah. bucks. <laughs> but uh, I'll leave that to New York stuff. But. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, Bellator announced their uh, Walter Waite Grand Prix brackets. Um, we had already heard uh, uh, Douglas Lima and uh, Andres Korshkov, uh is fighting September 29th. Uh, you know, that's a fight that probably could be a final. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of the – probably two of the top three uh, Walter Waits in, in Bellator. Um, the winner of that faces off now against Paul Daly and MVP. You know, kind of on that side of the bracket, I, I – <sighs> I, I really like Lima, but uh, Korshkov, I think, might be the the up and coming uh, killer in that division. Yeah, I mean, um, he's he's been a killer. Yeah, he yeah. has been, but I I feel like he, you know, now with this tournament and all the names, he has a chance to really break out. His losses are, you know, he, he got uh, laid on by Askren. Uh, shoot, what five six years ago now? Yeah, kind of when he was young and upcoming. Um, in in a title fight, and then he he's split fights with Lima. So this is a this is the third fight uh, between the two of them. Um, and uh, am I to understand? Because I actually didn't read the full. Uh, I have it. I, I should have opened read it. Uh, opened it up before we started. But so Rory's putting his belt up for grabs during this thing too. Yeah, from what I understand, every fight is going to be a five round fight. So even oh, wow. the and 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 McDo- uh, Rory's belt will go on the line um he's scheduled to fight John Fitch um it's not scheduled yet but that's who his opponent will be yeah. so that'll that'll be a technically be a title fight and then um the winner of that fight will fight the winner of Neiman Gracie and Ed Ruth and that'll I like, be a title I like that fight a lot actually yeah and then that'll be another title fight so it's just going to be a title fight all the way down the line um which is which is really cool. Uh, I was concerned initially about Rory being in it because I was worried about divisions getting held up, but if that's, that's really the way to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I agree hundred percent. I mean, I mean, uh, the thing with, uh, the thing, is, uh, you know, Neeming just resigned with, with Bellator and he, he, he was calling for, you know, top of the food chain and stuff. So not surprised that they threw him in this. And then, uh, Ed Ruth, they named that when they did the, uh, the initial announcement for, uh, the zone <laughs> i keep wanting to say daisy and i don't know why but when they did their announcement at the zone at the thing they did back in june here in new york i um uh ed ruth was one of the first names scott coker mentioned for the tournament before they started uh before they started um you know calling out uh uh they made the full bracket announcement so i i feel like that's the most uh, unpredictable one because uh i mean this is obviously ed ruth's biggest challenge and even grace is undefeated and um I mean that guy's he's humble. He's some he's like he's kind of like uh I want to say he's like the Brian Ortega of Bellator. He's not doesn't talk a lot of trash, you know, he's like a positive guy, really respectful, uh but uh brings it, you know, brings it to every match that he fights in. So I'm really excited for that fight. I know it's not scheduled yet either, but I really like what they're doing. It's a it's a DAZN exclusive, so I don't know. I I mean they're they're making it really hard for me not to spend my 10 bucks a month. You know, yeah, what I, mean? I mean, 
it, you can't really are. This is one of the you know if this tournament holds up, this is one of the most loaded you know Grand Prix tournaments that the sports ever seen. Um, especially at Walter Wade, I know we had one. You know, uh, Pride had one uh, that was pretty pretty stacked as well. I think it was a 16 man tournament. Um, but you know, for Bellator, um, you know, the number two organization in the world to put this many big names in a, in a, in a bracketed of uh, tournament is pretty damn awesome and really deserves all the fans, uh, support, uh, to see how this turns out. Um, you know, I, I don't know. A lot of the fights just look interesting. I mean, you even talk about Rory and Fitch. I mean, most people would say Rory's going to destroy Fitch, but, not a lot of people in this world have destroyed Fitch. Yeah, and uh, the biggest the biggest complaint about Fitch is, is just that they don't find him entertaining, and that's usually from the you know the armchair uh, uh, you know fighter uh, opinion makers or whatever you want to call them. I mean, if it's what works, it's what works. You know, Ben Askren's been called boring too, and 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 he's retired undefeated. So I actually think that could be. Uh, I mean, Rory's tough, but. I honestly feel like he's going to give Rory a run for his money, given his experience and, and his grappling pedigree and, the, and the, the strength and pressure he brings to the game. The only the only thing, I mean, obviously he's older, and um, when he was uh, when he fought at the uh, final World Series of Fighting New Year's Eve event, uh, uh, 2016, um, at the Garden, uh, he said he was contemplating retirement back then based on some medical issues. Obviously, those are cleared because he came back to fight. Uh, you know, when they did the thing in Daytona under under the Pro Fight League, and then now he's with Bellator, so he looks like he wants to. He, he, you know, you don't jump in a tournament to uh to just fight once and, and bounce. So it looks like he's trying to trying to. I don't know if this is his last run at, at a title or what, but uh, I don't think. I mean, I don't think he's going to lay down for Rory either. That's that's an interesting fight. No, I mean, most of the people that have finished Fitch, it seems like if it were standing. Um... Oh, it didn't I think Johnny Hendricks knocked him out, or you know, was it Jake Ellenberger? I I get a little bit thrown off by that, but um, yeah, I, I it seems like a good fight to me, and and the Rory we have today might not be the same Rory when that fight goes down. He's got to fight Gegard Musashi on September 29th, a bigger middleweight. Yeah, um, you know, I, things change in this sport, and if you know if he takes a beating from Gegard. It might, you know, you never know. It's it could be a, a step slower, Rory. It could be a, you know, I, he's obviously been in a several wars in his career and always bounced back. But you know, there always comes a time where you, you know, you won too many fights and you take a step down and you're not that, you know, elite killer that you, you were the the day before. So I mean, you never know. You know, you never know how that's going to unfold. Um, you know, and then you got Paul Daly and MVP. You know. Uh, I Semtex is one of my favorite fighters of all time. I love watching the guy, you know, uh, his finishes his, you know, some of his antics are not always great. And I know he's not hard to work with, uh, with some of the promotions uh, behind the scenes, but as a fan, I, I love watching the guy. Uh, I don't know how that fight's going to work out. We haven't seen MVP really fight anybody above the level of David Rickles yet. Um, he fought uh, Fernando Gonzalez, but that fight was a, a dud. So that that wasn't really something that uh, was easy to judge any kind of, uh, you know, where he was at necessarily. Um, But if I, you know, if you put a gun to my head, I'm saying Korshkov, MVP, Rory McDonald and Ed Ruth are the four that advanced to the second round. Hmm. You you think Ed Ruth's going to get past Neiman Gracie? 
Interesting. In, in a five, <laughs> in a three round fight, I would say for sure. In a five round fight, maybe not. Um, I, I, I just you know we Neiman hasn't showed a lot of striking. Um, mainly, it's been submissions. And Ruth, I just think about the history of the sport. And if you have a good wrestler who's able to kind of negate the the ground game of the jujitsu guy, I just and that's kind of what you know where he's been. He's shown some striking. So I, I don't know. I, I I just feel like the wrestler in that one might be able to avoid the submissions. But in a five round fight, he might get tired, and and at that point, then you open yourself up to a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, yeah, it, I mean, it, for tournaments, it's, it's it's obviously anybody that comes from wrestling in any kind of tournament format, uh, I, it's easy to favor them to to make it to advance or make it to at least the finals or the next round. But um, yeah, I mean, I see where you come from with that, but obviously. It might be my own bias, like the way you are with your Fedor sweater and stuff, like me as a jiu-jitsu guy. And uh, I've interviewed Neiman, I don't know how many times. Uh, it's on It's on our YouTube channel. You can see them there. Um, I just, I just, and he's obviously a Henzino guy out from New York, trains in New York uh, under Henzo. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little biased in, in my in my pick for him, but I, I think I think Neiman's going to make a, a serious run for for the ti- for the to win this tournament. Well, I mean, I'm rooting for him. Let's not. Uh, I, I'm just, you know, looking at how I kind of see it unfolding. In a perfect world, I'd like to see Gracie win the tournament. You know, the guy's undefeated, and seeing Gracie at the end of a of an eight man tournament would be pretty nostalgic. And and you know, I'm like, I'm a huge fan of fan of Henzo. Um, speaking of Henzo, he just uh, he's coming off of a victory at 51 years old. He fought at one FC a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. I woke up about five in the morning to start watching his fights. So. uh you know, he, he finished off uh, Yuki Kondo, another another veteran and, and former UFC title contender. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Gracie win the tournament. I have a feeling if you were to win that fight with Ruth, he just you run into if you run into Rory or Fitch again, you got wrestlers. So you know, it's gonna it could become an interesting scenario where you start to see how how good his jujitsu game is in the in the against elite MMA competition. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I, I understand it, but, um, yeah, I, um, I, uh, I just, this is the first tournament. Cause I know when we talked about all that, we talked about it a few times in another previous episode, we talked about the heavyweight tournament. This is the one that's hardest for me to pick somebody that I think can make it to the end. You know, like, uh, like when we were looking at, at the heavyweight tournament, obviously we're, we're, we were all talking about Ryan Bader, and here's Ryan Bader is one of the finalists. So it's kind of like, you know, this isn't as easy to call because they're like, they're all, they're all guys that they're not very old, you know, like well, maybe Fitch is the oldest guy in the tournament, right? Yeah, by far. Everybody else is pretty much in their prime and Fitch yeah. is on a nice roll himself. So it's not as if he's washed up by any means. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's loaded. Um, you know, looking at it, if I was picking my final today, I would have Korshkov and McDonald. I, I think that those that'd two, be a great fight right there. That's just you know even if even outside of the tournament, if they book that at some point afterwards, that'd be a great fight. Yeah, no, I, I just I think that that's the fight. I mean, Korshkov and MVP has potential just to be epic levels. Of, I mean, Korshkov's coming off a spinning back kick knock, uh, you know, liver shot knockout or you know finish of uh, of a guy in Rome. Um, oh yeah, he lifted that guy in the air. I remember. Yeah, that. he yeah. sent him flying across the ring and. And, you know, him and MVP could be spectacular. Um, 
you know, basically you have a bunch of strikers on one side and you have a bunch of grapplers on the <laughs> other side. Yeah, that's right. Kind of sets up nicely for a, a an old school kind of, you know, striker versus grappler final. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty stoked on it. You know, I, I Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like when I got that, uh, I got the thing. I tweeted out the brackets or whatever. I, 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 I need to reread the details on it and stuff. But I'm, I mean, just looking at the bracket, um, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I'm just like she. I mean, I could have swore that in the initial Viacom thing when they announced the the, the zone agreement that they said things were going to be simultaneously on Paramount. But now I'm seeing it advertise this tournament advertises as a the zone exclusive. So I'm just like, damn it! I think I'm gonna have to fork over this ten bucks at least for this tournament. Yeah, no, I've noticed that too. I'm a little bit still not sure exactly how this are all the events on DAZN. If even if they're on Paramount, are they on DAZN? Because so I, you if, know, I pay an extra couple bucks to get Paramount on my TV system. Yeah. So I, you know, I happily cancel that or delete <laughs> that off my thing to save five bucks and then throw that towards this to you know because I basically only pay for that to get to get Bellator. So I, I don't know. I, I, it's a little bit up in the air. I, I still don't think they're going to get a lot of viewers, which is, is kind of scary to me. Yeah. I still hope, I mean, like I said, we talked about this uh, last time or or one or two episodes ago. I hope the zone becomes their version of fight pass and they start picking up other things to, and just keep it like, you know, the same price, make my 10 bucks, you know, like, like the way the fight pass is with everything I see. I mean, I tried to, when I spoke with uh, James Rush and the CEO of the zone, I, I I threw the idea at him, and uh, you know he mentioned the social listening thing. So I think the more noise we make on social media to add more content, uh, the more they'll do it. And uh, you know what we can see stuff like uh, uh, like like the thing you you were you were asking about on Twitter the other day. What's your buddy's uh, the the one in the fall? There's some submission grappling thing going on out by you. Oh yeah, there's a, another event uh, that that somebody contacted me about being a part of, and uh, it's going to be a team submission yeah. uh, uh, grappling event in, uh, in Anaheim, California. So I'll have more information on that in the next couple of weeks for the shows. Oh, cool. Um, ticket information for anybody in Southern California and um, try, probably try to figure out how to maybe do a show from there. Um, if we can free up the schedule and yeah, it's an all day thing on a Saturday. So, Oh, nice. Maybe we can do a live, live hour or something. Uh, Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down to do that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's uh, you know, it's definitely picking up. This uh, you know, usually summer's the hot time for MMA in in the MMA world, and it's been a great summer. But yeah, you know, we'd be with between the Bellator kicking off in uh, in September, well, late September, and then you know, October we got Connor and Khabib, and then November we got MSG uh, UFC and. You know, it just seems yeah. like the, the fall this year might be the uh, might yeah. Be the when it pro, up. pro fight league is, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the news. I wrote an article for over at MMA News about it. They they just got twenty eight million dollar investment. Um, Kevin Hart, uh, Tony Robbins, and uh, Mark Burnett uh, are all are invested in, in pro fight league. They got their event next week in Atlantic City. I may or may not be at that. Obviously, I still got stuff at home I got to take care of with my family. So depending on how that pans out. I may or may not be there, but um, either way, they're definitely worth following. They're 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 they got new money for to carry on another season, so and there might be a their version of they're going to call a challenger series from what they're playing with. Mark Burnett's going to produce it for to so now they'll they'll be adding to their roster for people to get in their 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 season format, 
and everyone's going to get a chance to win the same money. I think that's 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 uh, awesome, like rags to riches uh, fight story that people should keep an eye on. So yeah, no, definitely good time for the sport to be growing, man. So um, speaking of growings, if you if folks want to help this podcast grow, uh, we just added listener support. Anchor hooked it up. That if you want to uh, help support this podcast, I mean, for as little as ninety nine cents, uh, you can do it. Whether whether you listen through Anchor or iTunes, you'll see us. Uh, you know, listener support. You can tap that and, and sign up to to help out with uh, you know our growth, and you can help us get more swag out to that we send out to fighters and stuff. Uh, the T shirt that you see Matt and Sadawad and all those. Guys. I got Nolan King's and stuff that I got to give them that all our podcast guests wear. So um, we'll use it for that. But so if you guys like what you're hearing and you want more, uh, by all means, uh, click support when you, if you see the tab. All right, Ed, well, it's been a good talking. We had a, it was a fun, uh, exciting weekend. Um, I hope things continue to uh, get better on your end over there in, on the East coast. And uh, you know, we look forward to getting uh, some live guests on. We just, it's been harder to schedule here with uh Kind of yeah schedules lately but um you know i appreciate everybody who keeps listening and supporting the show and and uh, retweets us on twitter and comments about us on the mma community.com and people who have bought t-shirts and you know it's it's been fun doing this and uh you know we're, we're not going anywhere we're just uh you know we hit a few bumps in the road in the last month that needed to be taken care of and uh you know we're 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 here for the long haul though yeah definitely we're not going anywhere and uh, next week we'll be back on Tuesday nights for people that like watching the live version of this. And uh, if you can't catch it live, obviously we're on uh, iTunes, Anchor, uh, Spotify, Podbean, anywhere as podcasts are played, you can find us. You can check us out uh, at Combat Hour on Twitter, uh, myself at MMA Hawk Twenty One on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow Ed on Twitter at Carbazal. Ed, good talk. Uh, Look forward to talking to you again next week. Uh, maybe go over some of the Risen stuff and and just look forward to uh, to the James Vick and uh, Justin Gagey fight uh, at Fight Night uh, Nebraska for UFC. Cool, man. Thanks. Uh, make sure you sleep with a fire extinguisher out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll survive. But um, yeah, thoughts and prayers to anybody who's who's dealing with all that uh, chaos going on a little bit north of me. Absolutely. Thank you.